Welcome back, Bankless Nation, to the DevCon 6 experience. Coming up next in these line of interviews, I'm talking with Peter from the guest team. I don't really know if Peter has ever done an interview before. Peter is one of these core devs that is heads down and just believes in Ethereum. Even though his hot take is that most of the stuff that we do on the Ethereum app layer is just like a bunch of shenanigans that he's confused by. Yet he still is one of the corest and most important people in the space, tirelessly and relentingly building out Geth for the rest of us to use. And not just the Ethereum ecosystem, but Geth is that consensus client, the execution client of Ethereum that so many people have forked and spun off and built their own blockchain and, and then raised billions of dollars, like Avalanche, Phantom, like any like alt layer one, the whole meme of like forking Geth and then juicing it up and then raising hundred million dollars comes from Geth and a lot of Peter's work and other people's of the Geth team. So I asked Peter about how he feels about all of this and overall just what it's like been building Geth for the last eight plus years now. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this interview, but first a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. In all of my years in crypto, I've never been hacked, scammed, or fished. And I owe a large part of that credit to my Ledger hardware wallet, or really my Ledgers, like all of them, all five of them, because Ledgers hold like 99% of my crypto assets. And it makes me feel good about self-custody private key management. You know what else makes me feel good? Using the Brave browser, the user-first browser for the Web3 age. The Brave browser keeps your digital footprint small, keeping you in the driver's seat while also being a powerful battle station for Web3, letting you access your crypto through its native wallet or view your NFTs or just keep up to date with the Web3 communities. And of course, you've heard of Arbitrum and the Arbitrum ecosystem is really heating up. With their recent launch of Arbitrum Nova, Arbitrum has entered the world of multi-chain layer twos. And with their recent acquisition of Prismatic Labs, Arbitrum Firepower is bigger than ever. Arbitrum Nitro shipped last month and has made Arbitrum faster and cheaper than ever. So make sure that you experience what Arbitrum has to offer before it's too late. But maybe you're a developer who hates the constraints of the EVM. So check out the Fuel VM from the Fuel Network, which has opened up the world of parallel transaction execution, breaking the Fuel Network free from the EVM baggage. With Fuel, you can leverage the Rust tooling ecosystem to build stronger apps, all while keeping Ethereum-level security. And maybe you're on Arbitrum, but you want to get to Fuel. You might use something like Across, the Layer 2 bridge from UMA. Across is a safe and secure bridge, making it easy to transfer your assets from one Layer 2 to another or back to Ethereum. It's super fast, super cheap, and all secured by UMA's optimistic Oracle. And our last sponsor, Nexo, which has like five different products, and you're probably going to be interested in at least one of them. First, you can buy crypto instantly with credit, debit, or bank transfer. It's also got an advanced trading platform called Nexo Pro. You can also earn interest on your crypto, your Bitcoin, your Ether, or whatever asset you like. It's also got an instant crypto line of credit with as low as 0% APR and a crypto-backed MasterCard. One of those things is probably what you want, so go check out Nexo, the financial hub for the digital age. And let's go ahead and get right into the interview right now. And we are back to Bogota DevCon, DevCon number six. And I'm here with Peter from the Geth team. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Peter, for the people that uh, don't know you or aren't familiar with you, you have a critical role in Ethereum and you have for a long time. Uh, could you just give us a quick download as to your history with Ethereum? Wow. Well, critical, I wouldn't call that. Maybe important. I can agree with that. So I've been with Ethereum for, I don't know, around eight years, give or take, a bit less. That's like um, all of the years, right? No, it's, it's all but the half, the first half. I'm missing the first half. I'm missing the most fun years. And uh, well, essentially, I've been on the Geth team building Geth for the past forever. And uh, essentially transitioned from a lowly Whisper developer up to currently being the lead of, uh, of the team. 
So what's it like to build Geth? Because Geth is such a, uh, an important part of the Ethereum technology stack. And you've just been heads down building Geth for that this entire time. Uh, and it's, many people shift around in crypto. They hop from company to pre team to project. But you've been with Geth the entire time. What made, mo motivates you to build Geth? That's actually a hard question because from one perspective, building Geth is particularly boring in that it's, uh, I mean, five, ten years, sorry, ten years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, it was um, all about adding features and doing all kind of crazy stuff. Nowadays, it's more about maintaining it. So I think in initially, many years ago, the drive was around shipping new stuff, shipping awesome stuff, which was really nice. And especially as a fresh developer, it really gives you the, I don't know, drive to just keep crunching. Now, that drive is most definitely gone because Ethereum doesn't ship stuff that fast. However, now I think the drive kind of switched over to seeing that you have this immensely valuable network and you know that you're kind of building it and you're one of those handful of people who can understand it and maintain it. And it's less, definitely less fun to do it, but it does have its reward aspect. That it's just, you feel a certain fulfillment of being able to be part of it. Ethereum is often described as a, a city, right? There was uh, the metropolis hard fork. Uh, we use these city metaphors to show and talk about the growth of the ecosystem. And much of this city stands on the infrastructure of Geth. Uh, I believe you've been to most, if not all, of DevCons. What's it like to watch this city emerge on top of this software that you're building? That's a, uh, interesting. That's... Um... Sometimes very fun, sometimes very frustrating. I think one, uh, one of the most predominant aspects that I've noticed is that uh, in DEF CON 1 and 2, it was all about Geth or all about, okay, parity, the other client. So let's not dominate the thing. But then the core devs were kind of the center of the attention. Everybody wanted to see what we were doing. Everybody was just interested. Now, fast forward seven years, People are like, who are you again? <laughs> so it's a maybe, maybe some people recognize me, but most of the other core devs are having a much, I wouldn't say harder time being recognized, but it's the focus somehow shifted from, uh, from Ethereum being this platform and everything revolves around it to now somehow the platform is considered a given. And then people all, the fun stuff is happening above it. So it's, um, it definitely changes, but, uh, but the nice aspect is that uh, there are legitimately a lot of very fun stuff being built on top. So it's, uh, it's nice to see that. Sometimes I'm feeling that, oh, I'm missing out on it, but uh, it's fun. It's, you kind of need to give space for others to, to build cool so, stuff. Yeah, sometimes do you, think, do you think it's like funny or ironic that some people might not recognize you or know who you are, even though almost all, in the entire of the Ethereum stack is built on top of Geth? No, no. No, I, um, it's very pleasant when somebody recognizes me, and it's very pleasant not to be recognized as much as Vitalik. Since I'm happy to be able to walk around without being stopped every five meters. So it's, um, I think it's a good, uh, good mix of uh, having that fuzzy feeling without being overwhelmed. The uh, 2021 era of crypto uh, was marked by just many teams, the meme was that many teams would just fork Geth and juice it up and start a new blockchain. What was it like to, to see this era of crypto uh, in it just come to pass? Well, 
mixed feelings. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to formulate it in a way without picking, um, picking on any project. So there were a few projects which grew really, really big and really popular and did relatively little. Those were kind of frustrating because they kind of used their weight and their marketing, specifically marketing weight or, I don't know, being an exchange weight to, to pushing their platform. That one was frustrating. You, we had other projects. We had a lot of projects. We just take the code, rebrand it, and run with it. Like, yeah, okay, they're going to fail anyway, or they're not really serious, so we don't care. And there's ever, ever so often the, a couple of project, projects which are serious. Whether they compete with Ethereum or not, debatable, kind of like Avalanche, but they, I feel that there are certain projects which try to be nice. And, uh, and for them, it's, it's nice to, to collaborate with them, even though we collaborate very little, but it's, it's nice. So kind of mixed bag, frustration, not caring, and being happy. But I think working on open source software, it's kind of, that's the game, that people are going to take your shit and run with it. So are you going to work on Geth for the rest of your life? Like, what is the tra wow. trajectory with you <laughs> and, and Geth? Like, what, what do you see when you look into the future? I don't know. It's, um, I will definitely admit that I had my ups and downs. I definitely had my frustrating periods where I like, okay, screw it. I'll just flip the table and walk away. I would probably attribute that mostly to COVID. It was a bit rough. But... Um, I don't know. So for now, I really enjoy it. I, especially that the merge happened and now we have important forks coming, but a bit smaller ones. I think these are very interesting and it, they do give me this drive. I don't know. Maybe once we reach the point where things just settle down, then it will be less interesting. Plus, I think um, now me remaining is kind of useful and... Uh, I don't really want to say important, rather it's helpful if I don't go. I'm almost certain that there will be a time when you will have a lot more clients, a lot more specialized, where me alone would not be that relevant. And that might be an interesting time to just call it a day. What's your least favorite thing about Ethereum? The dApps. <laughs> the dApps? Yes. <laughs> the application layer? Yes. <laughs> um, what no. about the application layer offends you? Uh, no, the DeFi stuff. No, I will flat out admit, I don't understand it. It's just like this black magic of thing, which for whatever reason works. I don't understand why it works. I try to understand it. I don't have time to figure it out. And it seems like this uh, thing that I don't understand why it just doesn't collapse. And it's fascinating that it doesn't collapse. I'm afraid that it will collapse. And I don't have time to understand it. It frustrates me. So that's the thing I hate about Ethereum. So, I mean, Ethereum is a layer for applications. That's kind of the point, right? Like Geth is an execution client to execute applications. What, what does your idealized version of the Ethereum app layer look like if it's not a bunch of DeFi stuff? No, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with DeFi stuff. I'm just waiting for non-DeFi stuff. Yeah. I, uh, NFTs, okay, they got a really bad rep. Uh, I think there was a lot of abuse, but that was at least something that wasn't necessarily revolving around money initially. Um, it, it had this money aspects too. I'm really looking forward to certain, for example, um, um, one thing that was super nice was uh, on the opening ceremony, they announced a small NFT 
for the merge contributors, which would allow people to have access to conferences. And that was like, okay, this is not money. It actually is an NFT. It uses Ethereum. It's this super nice application and a super nice gesture, but it's completely non-financial. And that's, it seemed like a very nice thing to do. But you have other applications. You have ENS. I really like that. So anything that doesn't necessarily revolve around the money, I prefer that a bit more. And there's nothing wrong with DeFi, nothing wrong with all the money aspects. I know we need them too to be here, so happy that they are here. I'm just not a fan. So you're, you're in the Vitalik camp where you're just more focused on the non-financial use cases of what Ethereum can do. Yeah. yeah. I would say, yeah. It's, with the non-financial aspects, you can have very nice conversations with anybody, and you can just talk about the fun aspects. Whereas every time you talk about the financial stuff with somebody, sooner or later they will ask, okay, so what do I need to buy? And that's when you want to exit the conversation. And, um, and, and even if I'm among friends, I mean, my tight friend circle, they kind of learned that they don't ask these questions because I'm not answering anyway, and we can just discuss stuff. But if I end up in a broader friend circle, within 10 minutes we're back to, okay, so what do you think about this token? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what's your favorite thing about Ethereum then? Either part of the, the tech stack or the culture or anything? Actually, uh, I was just talking about this with Marius yesterday. He, I'm not going to give names. He was talking with various non-Ethereum projects linked to Ethereum, not really Ethereum. His other chains, Altus, etc. And his observations was that at, in a lot of these chains, you have a certain rivalry. You have a certain... Uh, you know, we don't really like those, we, we like those. Uh, and I, I kind of feel that, at least within the circle that I'm moving around, the Ethereum community is very, very positive. It's not about, uh, let's make it so that Ethereum becomes this thing and something else fails in exchange, rather. We'll just build our little pie and everybody else does whatever they want. And at least the people I talk to are kind of, I feel that they are like this, most people. And that, that is very positive. That's, I think that's the single best thing about the, this whole Ethereum community. What can the Ethereum community do to make your life easier or make Geth uh, the best thing that it can be? How can we get out of your way? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> no. No, no. I, um, I've, this is a question I get asked over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, well, the fact is Geth is... Um, a very, very technical software development project. We deliberately didn't spin out of the EF. We deliberately don't have our own conferences. We don't have our own booth here at DEF CON. We could have had it. And we always said that, no, we, we don't want to be some big thing. We just want to be a single team that does software development. But because of that, when people ask how can they help us, well, yeah, we're developing software. So kind of that's where our day starts and our day ends. So how can you help us making the software? I know our bottlenecks are usually we receive more code than we can review. Even internally, we have devs who produce more code than we can uh, reliably merge. And then that's, that's the biggest frustration. So I guess if I would necessarily have to name something that somebody from the outside could help Geth with, it would be joining these uh, testing efforts. For example, the merge had an, an immense effort 
well, Marius was pioneering the testing, the merge, and we had a lot of teams fuzzing and doing all kinds of stuff. Now, that doesn't necessarily help get directly, but it does help us uh, sleep well at night because we know that the thing that we wrote, it's not just that we think that it works, but actually none of the other tests fail. So that's a very, very net boost to our, uh, I know how to call it, us uh, believing that the code is okay. And that, that really helps because then I don't have to second guess, I don't have to sit there on needles waiting for the merge to blow up. I can be sure, for example, when, during, when the merge was happened, the, our biggest um, fear was that somebody comes up with an attack, a denial of service that we didn't thought about. The fact that the merge wouldn't go smoothly in its normal form without an attack, well, we were kind of convinced that it's going to go perfectly. So that was, and I think that we owe that to the immense effort that essentially the entire community contributed. That's Peter, what's, uh, what's Ethereum's biggest weakness? If you had to attack Ethereum, how would you do it? Hmm. How would I do it? <laughs> um, I still think Ethereum is um, the Ethereum software or Ethereum platform is not really robust enough. There are still um, many areas. So my my personal fit with Ethereum and all the chat, all the EIPs and everything is always denial of service. That's always I try to see. Okay, can I somehow break things? And uh, I feel it that Ethereum is very robust. However, our path is, so our network is constantly growing. Everybody wants to do more on it. Everyone to, wants to store more on it. And nobody really wants to talk about, okay, but how can we clean the old crap up? And uh, this is, it works up until a certain point and then things start to break. And at least for the guest team, sometimes people ask us, what does maintaining geth mean? Because we're not, we're, we're not really adding features, so then what are we doing for the past eight years? And um, the answer is that, well, for eight years, the network was constantly growing, and every time it grows past a certain threshold, something breaks. And then maintaining Geth or maintaining Ethereum is keeping up with the breakages and just redesigning internals, swapping out stuff so that it keeps on going. And uh, I think this is... Eventually, we will run out of ideas to do. And then eventually, if we keep on this collision path, Ethereum will break. But yeah, we have the, I mean, we have the purge and a few other EIPs. So there are definitely things that we are working towards to solve these problems. But in its current aspect, I think that's, uh, that's how I would break Ethereum. I would just let it run. So just don't touch it. It will break by itself. Interesting, interesting. So uh, Ethereum, if we just let it let it sit, we'll have it. It will break somehow. Uh, and so, well, the, the just uh, just to give an example, look at the Binance Smart Chain. So essentially, Binance Smart Chain is Ethereum on steroids. They just bumped up the constants a bit, so it's like running Ethereum on a I don't know four or five x speed. And you just look at that chain and you see what's going to happen to us. Just four to five times slower. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so this is what the, the importance of that Ethereum roadmap where, uh, but, but do you believe that we can actually get to a state where we don't have to touch Ethereum ever? Or are we always going to be having to kind of bump Ethereum back into a, a good course? So on the roadmap, there are at least two things that um, 
pruning historical chain segments that will help us go very far. Plus, there are even now a lot of VIPs, there are a lot of workshops currently going with dank sharding that will allow us to push the boundaries without uh, raising the, the stress on the network too much. So there are a lot of things that we are currently doing to actually do that. And I think this will give us quite a nice runway. There's still a couple thorny issues. Vertical trees might solve some of them. I'm still not 100% sure. I, but there are, the nice thing is that there are actually a lot of attempts to solve it. So it's not like we're not talking about these problems. Rather, yeah, most people don't really acknowledge it, but at least there's a group of researchers and core devs who, who figured it out that, okay, this is a problem and we need to solve it. And it might take five years. I don't know, it's not a random number, maybe 10, maybe two. But uh, we are trying to actively solve it. So going back to one of my first questions, why work on Geth? What's the motivation? What do you think Ethereum is here to do to the world? Like, is Ethereum good for the world? And how will the world change or hopefully improve because of Ethereum's existence? That's, that's a philosophical question. Usually I suck at those. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I'm, I'm more of a practical person. So I, I kind of just see it as a really nice platform that allows people to build dApps that can interact with each other. I think technologically this is amazing that you can, even I have to admit the DeFi space where you have all these little pieces of puzzle and they somehow just assemble into this huge yarn ball and it doesn't collapse. <laughs> That's amazing. And, uh, and I think this is what this technology allows us to do. Whether that's good or bad for the world, I don't know, I would say that completely depends on what's getting built on top. And I think that kind of depends on the Ethereum community of what it allows to be built or what it prevents from being built. So I would say Ethereum isn't necessarily good or bad. It's just a thing that allows people to do good or bad for the world. Well, Peter, of course, we always use in the open source world that we stand on the shoulders of giants. And you have been tirelessly working on Geth for so many years. Uh, and so we, everyone here as who's listening, whether they know you or not, has so much thanks to give for all of your contributions. So thank you for what you've done for Ethereum. Uh, thank you very much. But uh, I do want to add that many people believe, I mean, a lot of people do say that they owe me a lot, but I am, I am the vocal part of the team. There are many, many other people on the team, and I most definitely don't deserve all that credit. Mm -hmm. So when people come to you and tell you thank you, who do you pass that thank you on to? Usually I try, whenever people say that this is very awesome or that is very awesome, I always just try to point out that yes, but this was done by Martin, that was done by Sina, that was done by Marius. It's uh, probably, I don't always manage to do that, but I, I think it's really, really important that people who are just in the trenches, they also get at least a shout out that uh, they're there and um, I'm really trying to, for example, when we have a, we had a really nice interop uh, where we spec'd out the merge and the interoperability between the clients. And uh, essentially EF said that every client team can send three people there. And then we said that, okay, we either going from EF budget or our own budget, but I'm taking the entire team because it's not fair that you have a couple of people who are more visible and they get to hang out with all the cool people in Greece. And then people who are in the trenches, they stay there.
So I'm, I'm trying somehow to make it a bit more equitable so that the silent part also gets some, some fun. Well, to the silent part, uh, thank you for your service as well, because everyone appreciates it. And Peter, thank you for joining me here at DEF CON. Thank you very much for the invite. Cheers.